The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. David, you're looking uh, for some ideas on how to be happier at your job? Uh, Yes, I am. Um, Currently, I have a job at a legal staffing firm, uh, which has been fine for the past few months or so. Um, I'm just recently out of college, and uh, that job is good, but not what I'm looking for. Um, I majored in Italian. I uh, hope to become an Italian professor or Italian high school teacher, Um, and I've just become discouraged because I feel like I'm looking almost everywhere, and I can't find either a teaching position that I could have without a master's right now, um, or a steady tutoring position, or internship that would provide like a decent amount of compensation in that area. Um, so sometimes I feel like I'm just existing and going through the, the daily you know, grind and not uh, um, performing and doing something that I love every day. Okay, so that's that's difficult. Uh, if you look at it as a transition period for yourself, that you're in legal staffing right now, did I get that right? Yes. Uh, you're in legal staffing, but it is only a holding spot for your eventual career, and what you love is teaching Italian, the language. Mm-hmm. Piacere. That means pleased to meet you, right? Uno, due, tre, quattro. So I wish you were around. Where Where are you located? Uh, in New York City. Oh, no, that's not going to help. I'm in Rhode Island. Um, although I'd have the same accent as the New Yorkers, a little bit of the Brooklyn. Uh, we cut off our R's and put them where they don't belong. But, uh, you know, that in New York City, you have got such a huge population. Is there no need at all for an interpreter or... Uh, interpretive services? I mean, I've, I've tried looking into translation and interpretation companies. They say um, a lot of it has uh, kind of diminished because of things such as uh, translation websites right. and everything. I mean, right. in college, I was fortunate to have an internship at an Italian law firm in New York. So oh. I got to speak Italian with the lawyers, perform administrative duties. Um, they prepared me really to go study abroad. I got to uh, study in Tuscany, which was great during wow. college. Um, but as for finding a, a profitable um, job right now, uh, before I start a master's program, uh, hopefully in January, it's just um, it's it's been tough. Also, because you know I'm I'm 22 and I feel like at jobs I am told I'm 22, and it, it's just a lot to handle when I'm not loving the position where I am right now. I feel like I could take criticism, constructive criticism, if I were in um, a work environment that I felt I would be learning from. Uh, but since I'm not in love with the job at all, um, I, it, it's hard to deal with those daily things. Okay. So um, what? let me tell you first what I hear is one of your strengths. You're a go-getter. You have a specific, a specific goal that you want to be a professor or a high school teacher of Italian and you're out there looking for jobs you're not just sitting home passively hoping something falls in your lap or mana from heaven or something right and you've had experience you know you're so I want to say you're so young you're relatively young you're energetic you're aspiring for good things so all of that's wonderful so how do you find a job in New York City uh, in your career, uh, can you? Uh, can, would you be interested in being a tour guide for Italians? Or I don't know what you've looked at so far. You know, sure, I'm just I, thinking yeah, of looked, brainstorming. Oh, sure. I mean, I've I've looked at um, 
very random types of things. I ha- I've had um, professors who say, you know, you never know what's going to come your way when you're first looking for jobs like this. So I had one professor who um, got a deal translating German for um, English to German for like a coal mining company yeah. in Europe. It, just strange things. So I am on the look for those types of things for Italian. Um, it's just I can't find something right now. And, I, I you know, it, it will come. Um, since I keep trying to look, but um, just right now I can't find something that'll, you know, make ends meet every day. Okay, so let me sum up what I'm hearing so far. Number one, you want to consider it a transition period because if you look at it at the no's, the rejections that you're getting, we don't need anybody, we're, you know, thank you for inquiring, but no thank you. If um, a good job search usually involves many, many no's, you know. Uh, So a good job search sounds like the following, David. No, 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 no. Each one of those being um, a potential lead that you have. No, no, no. And then guess what comes at the end of that? A yes. A yes. When I first read that in one of the job hunting books years ago, I thought, oh, yeah. So, Ellen, when you're out there looking for for getting back into grad school, which I was doing, I prepared myself to get a lot of no's because I was just looking for that one yes. So part of it is that having that knowledge that you have a marketable skill. As I said, if you were in Rhode Island, you know, I would, I would love some tutoring. Because uh, I have an Italian daughter-in-law, and oh, great. so it's a marketable skill. You're in a huge city, and it's just really using another skill, which is spreading your net wide, mm-hmm. being willing to get rejections, paper your walls with your rejections. You're just wanting to get one yes with the legal staffing. Is there anything you enjoy in it that can make your day a little more pleasant? Uh, sure. I mean, placing people into their dream job is pleasurable. Uh, I mean, I'm an assistant to recruiters who uh, are ex-lawyers and have that experience, so I am learning from them. Right. Um, and it, it is a positive experience. Then focus... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, we're uh, just winding down on time. Focus on the positive there. positives there. You're also getting into a master's program in January. If you speak to the people who are in that program, you may have already done this, but try to see if there are any teaching or any related opportunities, even a temporary volunteer one in the evening that could be a foot in the door for another job. Listen, if you want to hold on during the break, I'll talk to you in a moment. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. I'm having a very tough time at home. My father doesn't understand me, and Phyllis hates me. Sounds tough, all right. That's why I have to lie sometimes. You won't tell on me, will you? I have to think it over. Nino's not what my father says at all. He's just had bad luck. Then he lost his job for talking back. So hot-headed. Comes expensive, doesn't it? Guess my father thinks nobody's good enough for his daughter. And that's from the movie Double Indemnity. And when is it okay to lie? Is it ever okay to lie? What does it do to you if you lie in a situation where you know you're trying to uh, 
get something for nothing. You're trying to cut corners. You're trying to get a job that you know you wouldn't get if you didn't have some credentials or you're lying to someone you're dating, telling them you're not the age that you actually are. You present yourself as younger or you put a picture of yourself on the internet for dating and it's not quite up to date. (laughs) It might be 10, 15 years old. What does it do to you when you do things like that? Are there situation in which, situations in which it's proper to lie? Is there such a thing as a moral lie? In the example that I heard that convinced me that you don't have a blank check to lie because and you don't you do want a uh, a policy, a principle of integrity for yourself. However, there are situations where somebody is trying to use your honesty as a weapon against you. And uh, a really clear situation would be a child molester coming to your door. You have children inside and the child molester says, do you have any children inside? What do you answer? Yes, I have three children in their beds. Or do you say to them, no, I, you know, we're a childless couple and we don't have any children here, knowing that you have three children. In that case, you can decide, is it moral to lie? If you don't lie and you, if you tell the truth, who are you putting at risk? So I say that there is such a thing as a moral lie, but that does not give you carte carte blanche to um, to be able to lie anytime you want. It's very limited, very specific situations when somebody is using your honesty as a weapon to get something, your children in that case, that does not belong to them. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner. If you think your partner is being unfair, a way to avoid overreacting is to take some time to privately sort out your feelings and your thoughts. Let's say Aaron is extremely upset with Jane's purchases, too angry to effectively talk with her at the moment. He could buy himself some cool-down time by saying, Jane, I'm too angry right now to talk about this sensibly. I'm taking some time to sort out my thoughts and feelings. Let's touch base later today and talk about it. By handling his anger this way, Aaron avoids avoids giving Jane the silent treatment or playing mind games, walking away in a huff without letting her know why he's leaving and without giving any indication of when he'll return. Instead, Aaron openly lets Jane know that he's too upset to talk at this time and that he's committed to figuring out why he feels so angry and what action would help resolve the issue. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.